Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. We're talking politics. Michael Frigg and Phil Goldfeder here on the Nakam Siegel Network, NakamSiegel.com, around the world on a Sheva, Israel National News slash radio. And Phil, I got to admit, I'm just exhausted. I, I am I am totally exhausted. Every week we have to stay. I, I can't even follow it anymore. It's just we've gotten to the point that, yeah, and I'm a junkie. I admit, I admit to be an addict when it comes to politics. Like I got to know everything. I got to find out what's going on. I'm just getting to the point. I can't even. I can't even pay attention. You know, we're on the radio. You can't see, but I. I can't even keep a straight face anymore. I mean, I really can't keep a straight face, and I feel bad because there are people who want us to not be so negative and 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 not only say bad things about the president. I'm. I'm. I wish. I wish there was a Thursday morning where we could sit down and have an honest conversation about some policy issue and like how it's moving forward and how we're making progress, whether I agree with it or not. Michael, I mean, I think when we envisioned the show, we would we, we, we envisioned it as like, you know, there'd be policy issues where you'd be on one side, I may be on another side, and we can have like a, a legitimate policy debate. We can't do that with, you know, with this administration day in, day out. I mean, it's so funny. Yesterday on, on you know, as I, I listened to the news, you know, everybody kept talking about, you know, when most politicians run away from controversy, run away from scandal, this president enjoys running towards it, and then... People are upset when we actually talk about it. It is absolutely fascinating to me. It, the truth is words kind of fail me. I mean, there's just so many things here. And I am going to – I don't know if I'm going to disagree with you at all. But I actually think that Jim Comey should have been fired. I don't. I couldn't understand why the president was keeping him on for the last couple of months. That, that, to me, that makes no sense. But then, like with anything and and just everything out there – there is an element of packaging. There is an element of preparation. There's something called a rollout. And I understand that Donald Trump defies any conventional wisdom with regard to politics. I understand that he totally is his own creation. He is his own institution. He has there's the, the laws of regular political gravity, for lack of a better term. They just don't apply to him. He is able to soar above everything. But when you put the White House, and you put your staff, and you put everybody around you in such a precarious position, you saw it on Tuesday night of everybody rushing to try and figure out how do we contain the damage here. And the fact that they didn't understand, or they seemed not to understand this, that this was going to be controversial, to me, that's the kicker. How is that? And like, I, it just continues as insiders. I know we sit here as insiders, and the average person probably says, who cares? Big deal. So Jim Comey was fired. The guy deserved it. Okay, I agree. He deserved it. But there's a way to do things. May, I, I mean, I guess maybe, look, maybe we should just go off the air because apparently there isn't a way to do things. It is, you know, this goes back to the immigration debate, right? And and the, the executive, the first executive order, and then the weekend of protests and the weeks of protests that followed. And I think we made this point back then was it was less about the policy because whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, it's the president's prerogative to make that, those policies. But it wasn't about the policy, and, and I don't want to get into that debate. It was the fact that his own administration did not know it was coming. TSA was unaware who they were allowed to let in who they weren't. And so it wasn't a matter of policy. It was a matter of process. So, you know, Mike, Michael, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I don't disagree with the firing. I really don't. Again, you most know, people don't. It's very clear, actually. Jim Comey himself had no friends. It, it was. It's fascinating because he really. I mean, now he's a martyr. Up until a year ago, up until a year ago, he was, you know, a pretty popular. You know, again, to the extent that we know who the directors of the FBI are, he was 
just someone who had a uh, you know sort of they, they keep saying I keep hearing he was a Boy Scout right he just literally was as clean cut and, and as as pure as they can be and whether it was sort of the, the Hillary things that sort of got him upset with um, got him upset with the Democrats or 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 other thing you know sort of or, or generally the last few months that have gotten upset I think more with the Republicans I think we have seen kind of a shift back and forth and so I think you are going to find a universal. There really wasn't much love on the Democratic side and the Republican side. I don't think, you know, look, you know, and I, I watched Senator Schumer's uh, comments yesterday. This is not just a matter of, oh, he was so great, we should have kept him. It was, we just seem like we're spiraling out of control. We're making decisions on, on the whim, and we're not even talking to our own advisors, let alone congressional committees that have oversight, Republican operatives, people who just... The Justice Department, the just people at the Justice Department and at the FBI literally are scrambling yesterday and today to to try and figure out what to do next. Think about that. I, well, that's actually, unfortunately, that's what exhausts me. When I said I was exhausted, that's exactly what I'm exhausted about. I'm just, I've gotten to the point that it's getting, just keeping up with, I got to say, I'm watching I'm watching uh, CNN or whatever it was last night. My wife says to me, and she's, she's smart, do we really have to listen to every person in the world say the exact same thing about this? Okay? we yeah, They have a panel of like 10 people, and in the end, even though they're Democrats and Republicans, everybody says that this was bungled. Like, it's it's the old adage with the you know the last speaker at the, the yeshiva dinner you know everybody everything's been said but not everybody has said it so we're getting to the point like okay we just accept that things are just not gonna be normal in the political world coming out of the White House but one thing is for sure is if you look at the latest polling now Quinnipiac has a poll coming out yes uh, came out yesterday Republicans are down sixteen points. To Democrats, generic ballot that has to weigh on congressional leaders coming into 2018, where I think a lot of Republicans were hoping that because they were going to finally push an agenda, because they were finally going to get stuff done, that they were going to have increased their majorities in both houses. And if this is the way things are going, that nothing gets done, that we go from scandal to scandal, I don't, scandal, I mean, we could be, in, I don't know that everything rises to the level of scandal, that that might be a little bit of hyperbole. But if we go from the chaos to chaos, we'll put it that way, of every week, there's another chaotic thing. And every week we're sitting down and we get together and we think about what's going on during the week and it's just chaos that nothing has, and, and we've both been involved in politics a long time. We worked with a lot of different people. And there just seems to be, this is so much more chaotic than everything. Why can't they just have a week where they do everything right? It's absolutely fascinating. And can we talk for a moment just in the letter itself? The letter oh. itself, I, it is, I mean, this is, folks, and, and, and okay, I'm going to take it a step back. Yeah, right? yeah sorry. I, yeah, I, t- 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 we should talk about what bothers me about the letter because the letter itself is ridiculous on three different occasions it's like do you remember on three different well, occasions i'm getting rid of you but just be reminded that you told me that I'm on okay. three occasions you told me that i am not under investigation it, it, it's it's just an odd thing even if that's the case it's an odd thing to put in someone's resignation letter and then to essentially have it walked over to the fbi after it's already being reported 
on CNN and on all the major news uh, news media outlets are basically Jim and Jim not, Comey and found not out, even and not even delivered to him personally. No, no, it was delivered to the office. He found out he was fired by watching it on TV. So much, it's so ridiculous. He thought it was a hoax. He thought the local field office was playing a gag on him. Ha ha ha! You're fired, right? He thought it was a hoax, only to get sort of hushed into a back room to basically be told by underlings. That, yeah, it's true. We just received the letter. You're fired. The letter, the whole thing is, when you talk about rollout, you want to do things. You want to do them correctly. You don't want to act out of instinct and emotion and gut. And I know that Donald Trump has talked forever about how he works out off his gut. And it worked for him very well during the campaign. If, if one more, I'm sorry to interrupt. If, I interrupt. If, if one more person tells We're allowed me, to interrupt each other. That's part of the fun here. <laughs> If one more person tells me, well, he's not a politician, so he does things his own way, that is such... I don't even know what that means, that he's supposed, oh. to, he's supposed to be one of the premier business CEOs in the country, at least that's self-described. <laughs> and so therefore, you know how to deal with organizations. Forget about politics. This is not about politics. This is, basic, this is basic organizational management. You don't throw your people into chaos. He, every day, every week, there's another thing that either Sean Spicer or somebody else has to clean up after another mess. I mean, they had to bring Kelly, Kellyanne Conway ah, out of her whatever hibernation, it was, whatever, it was. whatever it was, and put her on TV because they, they were just dumbfounded. And, and, you know, she just goes in there and, you know, she, she, she argues, was rusty. I mean, that yeah, the, she was rusty. She was rusty. I mean, Chris Cuomo wiped the floor with her. Anybody who didn't have a chance, you should YouTube. It is because one they the, weren't prepared because what's the story? What is the story that we're going with? There's like five different stories about why Jim Comey was fired. Okay. So number one, we're supposed to believe that Jim Comey was fired because he was mean to Hillary Clinton. Okay, number two is because he violated, because he's off the reservation. Okay, that I, be that I believe. I mean, I think Jim Comey decided, for whatever reason, that he was untouchable and that he was, that nobody could, that he was Lord, or I'm sorry, he was, uh, uh, he was vassal to no one. I'm looking for that phrase, and <laughs> he was that he was going to go ahead and he was going to kind of be the Elliot Ness of the government and stand up and say whatever he wants, which truthfully we we both know that never works, never works. Everybody's accountable to somebody. The truth is, maybe the president's not accountable to anybody, but that's a different that's a different story right now. And we're also supposed to believe that he went and he went he he wouldn't clear his. Uh, discussions with the Attorney General, his testimony before Congress, he wouldn't tell them, uh, even though he reports to the Attorney General and the Deputy Attorney General. A lot of things in, you know, insubordination. But if that's the case, you have a good case about him. You also have to consider, when is a good time to do this? And if you're going to do things like this, there's like a, there's a, there's a rule of thumb. You do these things, as Nixon did, on Saturday night. On a Friday afternoon, you don't do them on a Tuesday night. So for the next three days, that's all anybody is going to be talking about. And the fact that they didn't realize, I mean, that the people sitting at, apparently, according to reporting, and who knows what to believe, Steve Bannon was the one who said, guys, this is stupid. <laughs> when Steve Bannon is no, telling but you to Steve, hold up, but you know you're in As a strategist, trouble. I have to say, Steve Bannon understands. And it, it, the funny thing is that Donald Trump is supposed to understand the populace there. He's supposed to be in touch with the, with the people, with the populace, so much better than everybody else. Steve Bannon understands, I think, what... I mean, we might not agree with everything that he, he thinks, 
Um, I don't believe I, I look, I believe with him politically on a, on a lot of things. I don't like his anti-establishment, um, you know, that the or the or his anti-press uh, feelings about you know, the free press. But if Bannon is saying, God, this is not a good idea. This is the rollout. This is poorly managed. Maybe somebody should listen to him. He is the guy, after all, who who did win the election. You know, let me I want to go back just for a moment to the to the Chris Cuomo, Kellyanne Conway and. We spoke a few weeks ago about, you know, uh, tax reform, right? And when you do tax reform, you can't have tax reform. You know, you can't reform thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of, of, of tax code in a one-page, double-spaced memo, right? You just can't do it because it's it's a nice idea, but it's not a tax reform plan. Kellyanne Conway, you know, sort of was talking about, well, this is the, the letter, the, the, the memo that led to the firing, meaning... President Trump basically said, look, I got this memo from Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein, Rosenstein, I've heard it said every which way, right? I've got this memo. It was a two-page memo. And the funniest part is, is like, well, th- this idea that Kellyanne kept saying, well, did you read the memo? It's like, yeah, it took me three minutes. It was a two-page memo. You're talking about, there was no reports. There was no... A two-page memo. It was a two-page memo that rehashed things from last year. Th- which ex- so, which, which, truthfully, uh, which this is can't possibly be the explanation because t- a couple facts. These all happened last year, and if that's the case, you fired Jim Comey on June on Jan- January twenty-first on the day you take and office. Never, nobody would have said boo. I mean, that would have been the appropriate time to do it. Okay, so the question is, what changed this week that led up to the firing? And obviously, some things changed. Number two is Rosenstein only. Only got there two weeks ago. How could he possibly have had time to do to build to build the case? And number three is that they got the memo that day, so th- there wasn't even a debate. There wasn't even a meeting. Nobody of the side. And apparently, according to is that you know as you just said, Rosenstein didn't want this memo to be the pretext for hiring. Wait, Rosenstein actually said this is not this is not I don't like this narrative. I don't this is not the way that this should be going down. Let's I want to go back cuz what I mean, Rosenstein just, has served in Democrat and Republican administrations. It's important to point out. And he was brought on by Comey. Comey was the one that hired him to do that job. Interestingly enough, th- this I, this idea that he started he was confirmed 2 weeks ago. And in two weeks ago, he has done an analysis. He's done an investigation. He's made this determination. This is this is just it. It, it is it is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. It is unbelievable. And I want to be clear because this is not about like this is not about like I did like him. I didn't like him. It's just a matter of of putting a message to the world that we're operating and we're functioning at a very high level. We're the United States of America. The president is the most powerful man in the world, and yet we can't get, over, get out of our own way. We are a laughing stock here, and if we're a laughing stock here, you know, it's funny, and, and I know we're going to get to this in just a moment, but like they caught Russian president in an interview yesterday wearing, he was about to, I guess, go play hockey, and he was in his full hockey, you know, ice hockey, you know, gear, and yet that almost seems quasi-normal these days that like, I'm embarrassed of my president when he's wearing like a suit and a long tie. I mean, it's just the the the, the level of the level of I don't even have a word for it. It's it's embarrassing. It is it, just it, simply embarrassing. It is somewhat embarrassing. And I, I wanna say, don't take it from us. Okay. Let me just say that even Newt Gingrich yesterday, he said, and I'll just quote him so that there's no that there's no misunderstanding here. 
Newt Gingrich says that Trump bears responsibility for the turmoil because he kept the decision secret from his team. And, quote, you can't be the quarterback of the team if the rest of the team is not in the huddle. The president has to learn to go a couple steps slower so that everyone can organize around him. When you don't loop people in, you deprive yourself of all the opportunities available to a president of the United States. And truthfully, as a political guy, that's the biggest problem well, Michael, that, that's only politicians. It's not like that in the business world, right? You don't need you don't need, you know, chief operating officers or chief marketing officers. You don't need those people because the business world is so different than the political world, right? I mean, this idea that, oh, well, he doesn't know politics. This is not about politics. Well, this is the job that the president wanted. This is the job that he ran for. This is the job that he campaigned for. And these things matter and they are important. And I want to can't stress enough that when I hear people say, well, as exactly as you said, well, you know, he's learning on the job. I don't want that. I want somebody who knows what they're doing. I don't want to end up at war with North Korea because somebody makes a mistake. I don't want to I don't want to tick off our allies. I want Things I don't want this ridiculous decision making. Apparently, as is going with regard to the embassy in Jerusalem, okay, that it's going back and forth every other day. There's another story whether it's going to maybe be moved or not. You know, these things actually matter. That the the what policy that's that comes from the top, that comes from the White House, is important. The things that get said are important. They matter, and you can't just have a situation where we'll just do whatever, I'll do whatever I want, and I'll let other people clean it up afterward if I decide I don't like it anymore. Uh, but, you know, as was said yesterday by, a, by somebody in the West Wing, and this was quoted, this is probably the most egregious example of pressing communications incompetence since we've been here. And that's actually saying a lot because the press and communications incompetence in this administration is about as bad as it gets. And as I said, the one person who flies all above it is Donald Trump himself. He just seems to never get touched another because his his core constituency loves him. They and but that eventually is going to others in Will Washington it? are going to start to understand that as much as people love him it's going to affect them negatively. And the, I mean, just to say, I just to quote from the Quinnipiac poll, and yeah, okay, polling's fake, whatever. So, I mean, the polling is not all that, was not, is not all that off, okay? Negative, I mean, Donald Trump did lose the popular votes. That means he starts with the deficit. Republicans have a negative 29 to 63% rating amongst independent voters, down from negative 38 to 56 since April 19th. They are going in a very downward slide. Among white voters with no college degree, that is the Trump core constituency, 47% approve, 46% disapprove, compared to 57 to 38% a month, uh, less than a month ago. That, if you're, if you are a Republican in Congress, you're looking at these numbers, which you are, because we all look at polls. Okay, you're looking at these numbers, and you are thinking, I, either I got to get off the ship, or we got to write the ship, and we don't have that much t time to write the ship. And for anybody, for for all our listener listeners out there, I mean, there were just as Democrats were outraged or or just confused yesterday, as were Republicans. There was an equal number of, of, of Senate Republicans who were just as confused. Just, pr again, process alone. And then I want to, you know, and it's funny, and we don't do this often enough, and, and maybe we should incorporate, you know, sort of tweet of the week. Mm -hmm. I know we've got a lot of awards. We got to we, we can do like, that. Absolutely. Go ahead. But, know, but, but we don't, don't we save the awards for the end of the show? You want to throw them in the middle? Fine. You know, I'm just, this I, is know, Spin Class here on the Alchemist Single Network. Michael Flake and Phil Goldfeder joining you. And boom, tweet of the week. 
<laughs> maybe this is now you put too much pressure. Yeah, there's too much, uh, much build-up build that. No, but but this is one of the tweets yesterday, and, and you can you go through the uh, Senator Blumenthal, and, and sort of there was a it was a it was a three tweet, um, just three, three tweet barrage. By the way, barrage of like old news. I mean, you talk about old. I mean, it's just like every time the it's president. It's funny. Feels, I, I I kind of feel that sometimes. The president doesn't realize that, like what he says, most people didn't know the, that Abe Lincoln was a Republican. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. I mean, maybe you didn't know that Abe Lincoln was a Republican, but I will tell you, having, having been to dozens of Lincoln Day dinners, which and the Republican Party annual dinner everywhere in the country is called the Lincoln Day dinner. Okay, for the founder of the party, President Lincoln. Okay, everybody knows that Abe Lincoln is a Republican. Dare you? Dare you take a shot at the president? Because he will find whatever, whatever was put out five years ago, three years ago, ten years ago. If something ever was negatively said about you, this president will tweet it back and make sure that people are, are reminded once again. It doesn't make you any more right. We teach that to our kids, you know. You know, you know, two wrongs don't make a right, right? Because he brought up, and him and other Senate Dems and Senate Republicans and House 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 Democrats and House Republicans brought it up. Just because people are questioning your decisions and why you're making them doesn't all of a sudden mean that you have to go on the attack. And we saw it through the campaign. You know, we've talked about, don't worry, at some point he'll be presidential. He is the president of the United States. He's been the president for 100 and, I don't know, 14 days now. And quite frankly, he is acting like a second grader on the playground. It is absolutely embarrassing. And, and here's the funniest part, because, you know, we justify his decisions by saying Dems have been complaining for months and months about Director Comey. Now that he has been fired, they pretend, all caps, to be aggrieved. Phony hypocrites. No, they're not phony hypocrites. You could have fired him on day one. You could have fired him for any one of the reasons that you brought up yesterday. It's not new. Nothing has changed in the last 115 days. Nothing has changed. The fact is, if you had an issue with him, you could have fired him on day one. The fact that you waited till now is curious. And the fact that you did it the way you did it is even more curious. So yeah, the Dems should ask. And by the way, you know, we've been talking for quite a while. I didn't even bring up Russia or or sort of what the, I'm not even bringing it I'm not even bringing it up because the truth is for whatever reason something doesn't smell right here. It's not even that. Let's just actually and I think that we should this is a good time to bring it up. It's not the Russia investigation, it's not the whole thing and I you know it, it's very clear. I mean a couple I think it's important to say I don't know what happened with Russia. I don't know if there was any collusion. I don't know. Clearly, we know that the Kremlin wanted something. We know that they tried to influence the election. Did it actually influence the outcome? Probably not. I don't know that that was the case. I mean, I and I agree with the statement. No, the Russians, Vladimir Putin didn't prevent Hillary Clinton from vi- visiting Wisconsin. Just didn't. You know, that was her decision not to visit Wisconsin. It was her decision not to go to Michigan until the last week. It was her decision to go ahead and start campaigning in Arizona and Georgia, states she didn't need to win. Okay, that was her decision. That was her campaign's decision. They got overly confident. But that's but that given that aside, and I don't want to keep litigating. You know, rehashing the 2016 election. We should be moving forward. But another huge mistake yesterday. I mean, not a not a small mistake, a massive mistake of optics. If you are the White House team, you don't go fire Jim Comey, have the whole world, Republicans and Democrats, talking about the Russia investigation and how you're compromising the investigation, potential obstruction of justice, etc. And then you have the Russian foreign minister, the Russian ambassador in the Oval Office. Well, wait, can and I say- then and then to top it off, you remind everybody of the Nixon administration by having Henry Kissinger there. And it's like, here we have 
the taking pictures and the pictures and the visuals that you have are of essentially your two Achilles heels here. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it one step farther. And I'm shocked you didn't go there. The U.S. media was barred from the room. The only reason we even know who was in the room and the only reason we have a photo is because the Russian media was allowed to be in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, the White House, the symbol of American power and authority, banned the U.S. press from being in what should have been a at least a, a public viewing, right? Even if you don't want to allow the press to listen to the conversation, a public viewing. And so you can make the argument it was closed to the press. By the way, which I get, I support. It happens all the time. Sometimes you just need to have a private meeting. You don't need photos. But to allow Russian press, which essentially is owned by the Russian government, to be in the room, to listen, to take photos, and to be the only news agency to actually distribute those photos is just an embarrassment. I I, I don't say this lightly, and I'm I'm gonna I wanna pause for a minute because I don't I was embarrassed as an American. Like our own our own press is not in the room. On the day where everybody is questioning, you know, I mean Look at the optics. You know, we have talked about perception in government. It's about perception. The optics that people think you fired Jim Comey because of the investigation into Russia. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not getting into it. The very next day to have a private meeting with, with Russian dignitaries and to only allow Russian press into the room, it is mind-boggling. Ladies and gentlemen, it is absolutely mind-boggling. I would love for someone to explain it to me because I just don't understand it. And the only explanation I have heard, whether it was on Twitter or on Facebook or in the, the, the 48 uh, WhatsApp chats that I'm in, well, he's not a politician. He, you, know, you, guys, you just don't understand. Explain it to me then. Explain to me how this was a good decision. Explain to me how this somehow sets up America to be great in any way, shape, or form. Quite frankly, it, it does just the opposite. You're just casting shadows. And, and you think this is just Americans who are debating this? Do you think that we operate in a vacuum? You don't think every other country around the world, from our allies to our enemies, are looking at, at this dysfunction and saying, how do we capitalize on this dysfunction? How do we maximize? How do we, how do we raise our level on the world stage while, the Amer while America is floundering with this president? There are alternative facts, clearly, in this White House, and there's an alternative universe. This alternative universe that, and, and every president lives in a bubble. In fact, you know, mo many politicians live in a bubble. They rely on their staff. They rely on people to give them and feed them information so that they know what's smart, what's good, what's credible, not. Now, Trump doesn't live in the bubble, uh, at least he has a bubble of his own, which cable news and rumor and Twitter and things that he takes in. Who knows whether he listens, you know, he has his intelligence briefings. I, I don't know. And nobody seems to know who has his ear, except, I guess, for Ivanka and Jared. Those seems to be the only constants. I, I, and they've been gone. They've been re re mostly absent the last few I, years. I, you know, I, I actually, I got to be honest, I don't buy the whole narrative that they are the moderating influences here and that they don't have influence, this, that, whatever. I mean, either they either they have some credibility or they don't have credibility. I, you know, to me, it's enough already. I don't want to keep hearing the story about uh, about the two of them and whether they have uh, influence or not. But it's it's you know who, either either they're there for a purpose or they're not there for a purpose. I it should be whether they're qualified to do the jobs that they have. But 
you know, clearly the way the structure is in the White House, it doesn't, there is no structure. I mean, you have Jared, who's really the chief of staff, according to most people, Reince Priebus, who is the chief of staff in name, um, but, you know, everybody, he's the whipping boy to, in order that if this stuff doesn't get done. Steve Bannon lost power. I, I, again, I don't want to speculate about all that. I think what you have here is somebody must have told the president that you fire Jim Comey. And again, you, you start this whole whole thing about Russia again. You revive it to the point like it's that it's at a fever pitch. It's it's absolutely thunderclaps going on. And then again, you you let the Russians take a victory lap in the Oval Office. Somebody should have said, "Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Don't do it. Not today. Sorry, we're having a crisis. Send the president. He's got to go. Let him play golf." He seems to do the least damage when he's playing golf. But it's, again, it's not that. I mean, these things don't affect Trump. What they are going to affect is others. I mean, the numbers right now, if you're looking at it towards 2018, because we're always looking at the next election, they are really bad for Republicans. And it's not just that. I mean, there's just, and, and this kind of covers up some of the other stuff that was going on this week, which was really, which was particularly bad. And again, unforced unforced errors from the white house it's like you know jared kushner's sister goes to china and does a presentation for eb5 visas you invest five hundred thousand dollars you get a u.s visa and shows pictures of the president and talks about jared kushner closer and then they say well we didn't know we didn't know you know we weren't we never intended to say that we had any connections i mean yeah we show you know we said that this is important to the president but we didn't really it was really an error we didn't really understand that we were actually doing anything is it, it, it look to me again shocking it, it's i there are no words and i you know you almost think you know we talked about he brought up the wiretapping at the time when the Russia when the Russia scandal, quote unquote, was sort of reaching a fever pitch, and all of a sudden the wiretapping completely changed the story. The story on Monday and Tuesday of this week were all about uh, about Jared Kushner's family and using and, and peddling essentially White House influence, and all of a sudden we've changed it. But here's the interesting part: from the president's perspective, we haven't changed it for the good. It's just you know, it goes from the bad to the ugly to the uglier to the ugliest. I mean, it's just right. This could be the right now. This could be the worst week ever of a lot of bad weeks that are coming up. And that's a pretty that's a pretty that, bold statement. And that's pretty bad. Okay, it's our spin award of the week time as we close out the show. And really, it's got to go to Sean Spicer yet again uh, when he's talking about Sally Yates. Sally Yates came. We didn't get to Michael Flynn, but <laughs> Sally Yates comes in and, and and has this testimony and says she warned. The press that Mike Mike Flynn was potentially compromised, could potentially be blackmailed, and they and they kept him on for 18 days and 19 days. It's unclear whether he still had access to secure documents, to classified information, top secret information. And then Spicer says, just because somebody comes in and gives you a heads up, this is not a heads up. This was the Attorney General of the United States comes in and says this guy has a problem. That's a heads up. Anyway, that's but- it for this week. Up. Oh. No, no, no. Last we'll, word. We'll, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll pick it up Here's next week. Here's Big Class here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs.